Hey, welcome to the Travel Advice Show. Yeah, thank you for listening all around the world, and we really appreciate it. And you can check out all our shows at TravelAdviceShow.com. I'm Chris Newton, one of the co-hosts, and I'd like to introduce my other co-host, Jerry Fuller. Hi, how you doing, Jerry? Very good. You doing? Yeah, great. Very, very good. Excellent. And we're excited yeah. to know and to have a guest that I happen to have known personally for about 25 years, and we. And his wife, Elaine, and I met in um, Nassau, uh-huh. Bahamas. Bahamas, yes. We oh, did. Really? In the Bahamas. Went That's the nice Atlantis place. Hotel? Uh-huh. I think so, yes. Yeah, it was. Uh-huh. And anyway, at a conference. To make a long story short, we're thrilled to death to have you with us. Well, thank you. It's delightful and, to be here. Um, a little bit about Greg that's interesting. Um, he is a, a very famous author. And before we begin, I'd like him to spend a, a minute or two talking about some of his books and the topics? Uh, certainly. I've, I've written a number of travel books and adventure books, um, hiking books, uh, but, the, but the focus is getting people out and enjoying uh, exciting new destinations, uh, wonderful mountain scenery, and uh, great adventures around the world. And one of the adventures that you have is a company called Alpen Wild. Yes. Alpen Wild. One word. And... I heard about this company um, on uh, an email that I got from a travel, um, I guess, um, newsletter, and they had um, talk. The newsletter I got uh, two weeks ago I was talking about the rail, different rail trips in Switzerland. Yes. And what they did at the very end of it, it said, "Contact Alpenwild." And uh, having been to Switzerland probably 60, 70 times in my life, I thought, you know, um, and it mentioned that you have these white, uh, rail trips and, uh, in Switzerland. And I said, do you know, I really would like to do that. had no clue that Greg was involved. And so I pulled up their website, and it has an 801 phone number. And I thought, it never occurred to me as Utah. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I said, oh, my word, Utah. And then I said, Provo, Utah. And I said, oh, my word. And so as a result, um, I called, and there he was. Actually, his daughter, Tessa, called, answered the phone. And uh, he, I got, next time I talked to you, wasn't it? Next time I, I think so, back. yes. I... And to make a long story short again, um, you do have the rail trips. But I want to ask you, before we get into your real product, um, how did you get interested in hiking and walking trips in Switzerland? Oh, Jerry, I'm not sure I can pinpoint a particular time when I when I decided, hey, I'm going to do hiking and walking tours in Switzerland. But it, it all started when I was 18 years old. And I, I was a, a teenager, just graduated from high school, went backpacking through Europe. And I'd been planning this trip since I was about, oh, about 14 or 15. And um, went, to the, went, went to the Alps, uh, went to Zermatt, climbed up to the base of the Matterhorn. And I think that at that point, I, I saw my destiny, and I realized that that, that was some place I, I wanted to spend more time. And I came back and had done many other trips to, to Europe and returned to Switzerland many times and was in the travel business. I was selling airline tickets and cruises and just doing general, uh, it was a general mass market retail travel agency back in the days when when people bought all of their travel through a travel agent. I was selling 
$19 tickets from Seattle to Portland and and rail and cruises and so it was it was a, a kind of a, a scattered mix of things that I was doing but uh, always had this this love for for Europe and, and specifically for the Alps and uh, had taken many tours there I've been back many times uh, just grew my expertise and my passion and love for the Alps I uh, went back uh, several years uh, this was 15 years ago and did extensive hiking and climbing in the Alps, climbed the Matterhorn and many of the other peaks in the Alps. And um, pretty soon I realized that, hey, there, there aren't many people that know more about the Alps than me. You're becoming an and, expert. And so I was sharing my expertise with others. I, I had a travel uh, industry background and thought, you know, I, yeah, we could do tours here and kind of focus on the Alps. Well, as fate had it, uh, 2000, 2001, uh, September 11th uh, came along. I had a tour planned to the Holy Land uh, on September 17th. Mm -hmm. And on the morning of September 11th, I got a call from the tour guide saying, hey, the whole world's changed, um, and um, we're going to cancel this tour. Well, that happened, and I canceled the tour. So I started thinking, you know, where... Where could I go that would be safe, where they haven't had a war in 500 years, <laughs> yeah. where the trains have never once, not once gone on strike, where, where everything just kind of works like clockwork? And uh, Switzerland's a pretty, good, pretty right. good destination when it comes to uh, yeah. security, safety. Uh, it's, it's a high-quality destination. People love it. And so I started doing tours uh, to Switzerland, focusing my, my entire business on, on the Alps. And um, from there, it just kind of grew. We're now the largest tour operator doing hiking and walking tours in the Alps. We um, have branched out beyond that to culinary tours, to rail tours, and people who, who love incredible mountain scenery, who, who love waterfalls and lakes and, and uh, wonderful food, uh, they'll, they'll, find a, they'll find a home in the Alps. But I noticed on your website... And you just mentioned it. Can you tell us what is the difference between a walking tour and a hiking tour? Well, that uh, is a it's a it's a continuum, a fine a fine line. Um, for example, if someone goes out and plays eighteen holes of golf, they probably walked about five miles in the process. Right. Well, many of our tours are hiking tours, and we'll we'll do a five mile hike. So I tell people if you can. If you can play 18 holes of golf, you can go hiking in the Alps and, and love it. So uh, a walking tour is typically a, a tour where you're on, a, on city streets and, and walking through a village and, and maybe on a, uh, maybe on a, a, graded, a graded trail. And that, that would be a walking tour, maybe one to, one to four miles a day. I mean, do you need anything special like walking sticks or anything no, like no. that? No, no. Now, if you're doing, if you're doing a trek where you're going from one place to another and maybe gaining two to three thousand vertical feet, going over a mountain pass and going from one village over over the pass to a, a next village in the neighboring valley, and you may you may walk ten miles a day. Would that and, be called and that a would be, hiking? That would be more of a a hiking or or even a trekking tour. Oh, trek, yeah. So it yeah. it kind of there's no there's no clear cut definition, but uh, 
we, we consider walking tours more gentle strolls. It could be along the lake. It could be along. I could be on a paved surface. It could be through a, a mountain village. And then once you get on a trail, and once you're hiking more than about five miles a day, I would consider that a hiking tour. And then if you're hiking up to 10 or 12 miles a day and, and a lot of elevation gain, then that would be more of a trekking tour. And where you're going particularly from one point to another. Okay. And then your luggage is there to meet you. But we, we do um, kind of cushion that because there, <laughs> in, in the Alps there are trains and trams and funiculars. There are, there are uh, lots of ways to get around. And so the, 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 even a, a trekking tour, you're not carrying a heavy pack. Your luggage is transported for you. So, so it's not uh, as strenuous as you might expect. Well, can you um, even, well, let me tell you. <coughs> let me tell you, um, if I do more than a one-day trip, mm-hmm. um, hiking, uh, I, um, I'm a real wish. <laughs> I, I, years ago, I learned I don't want to be inconvenienced, so I always hire a guy to carry my day pack. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't admit that to the world, but climbing Kilimanjaro cost me $75 to have a guy carry my day pack. Sure. I didn't want to carry anything, and I've done that Kinambalu, even when we did the Alsangate Trail in Peru, uh, all over the world. Do you ever do anything like that? If anybody's extremely lazy, such as I? Oh, we do. Yeah. And in fact, we, we, we can cater, we, we can, can customize the trip to any particular skill or interest level. Uh, for, for most of our guided tours, we shuttle all the luggage. So you never carry more than, than just, just a, a jacket and a camera and maybe your lunch and a day pack. And, and it would never weigh oh. more than 10 or, 10 or 15 oh, pounds. Oh, okay. I can okay. have that. Yeah. And, and so you, you're carrying a, carrying a light day pack. Um, you asked about trekking poles. We, on our most strenuous treks, most of our hikers are using trekking poles right. because it kind of gives us some propulsion. Yeah, it it kind of cushions the, the the downhill on, on, on your knees, yeah. and, and so yeah, it's balance. Yeah, it gives yeah. some yeah. balance and uh, just kind of improves your stride. And so I, I recommend those. But yeah. but but you don't have to be a an expert hiker, a, a serious adventure traveler. You don't have to be a climber. You don't have to ever use your hands or scramble. There's a, there's a well well marked mountain trails for all all skill levels. So you mentioned that. What would be the I I don't know the terminology technology, the lowest difficulty level of one of your trips, and what would be like the highest difficulty level? And I'm not well, sure how that's defined well, in, fact, in on your our, company. On our website, we rate all of our trips ah. uh, one, two, or three stars, and a, a one star trip for example, would be, which means not very strenuous, but very, very easy. That would be our, for example, scenic Alps by rail, where basically you're sitting in a train or a tram or uh, on a funicular and um, sitting down and enjoying the mountain scenery from, from the comfort of your first-class rail cavern. And so that, that would be, and, and then, then when you arrive at the station, you may be walking around the town or the village and and um, you, you may amass a total of three or four miles a day of walking, mm-hmm. but it's all on, on 
paved roads, yeah, sidewalks, nice uh, yeah, just yeah, uh, you know, so nothing you wouldn't do if you were at home. And then uh, our, our two-star would be something like uh, our Swiss Bliss or, or uh, Cheese Chocolate in the Scenic Alps trip where you're walking uh, through a village or maybe walking up, up, uh, up a, um, uh, you know, through, through, a, through a farm or a meadow, an alpine pasture, uh, that kind of uh, gentle terrain. And then our most strenuous trip is a classic trek, like uh, we have one called the, the Oat Route, which is a, a trek from Mont Blanc to the Matterhorn. Wow. And uh, wow. You're, you're every day going over a mountain pass. Beautiful. And, and so, oh, it is. In fact, along the way, you pass the, the 14 highest peaks in the Alps. Every day you have glaciers and spectacular waterfalls. And so it's, um, it's dramatic scenery, to, uh, to be sure. And uh, so you're walking from, from Mont Blanc to the Matterhorn, and um, that's, uh, that's pretty tough. It's 12, to, uh, 12 miles a day. And you're gaining three to four thousand vertical feet, and so that that would be almost strenuous. That's a three star. Yeah. Okay. Is there an optimum um, optimal length of a hiking or trekking trip? I mean, can do you get a good overview in three days, or do you really need five, seven, eight? Most most of our trips, most of our guided trips, are eight to ten days. And that, that gives you an opportunity to experience uh, several different areas. For example, you could be hiking in the Jungfrau and then go down to Zermatt, and you may want to even do some, some sightseeing or, or, or a more gentle walking along the lake in a place like Lucerne or in uh, Lausanne or Montreux. You, you kind of get a variety of different uh, areas. Yeah, so yeah. we can... Yeah, yeah. And based on what, what you... Based on what your interests are, based on what your skill level is, um, our goal is to to design and, and, and deliver a program that's just spot on, just exactly what what you want. And if you want to if you want to make those calves burn and 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 really uh, give your you know, give yourself a good cardio workout, we we can do that too. But uh, well, most people want to. Be out and smell the wildflowers and enjoy the yeah. incredible mountain scenery. Yeah, so and uh, be, be there to yeah. be there to, to enjoy the Alps. Well, I know this isn't a fair question because each trip is different. But can you describe a, a maybe a typical day? What happens in a typical trip? Well, yes. In the morning, you'd wake up, and uh, we typically have breakfast at the hotel. It's a wonderful buffet breakfast, and you're going to have uh, lots of choices. Um, and of course, you're going to find cheese and and um, and sausage and other things mm -hmm. on the breakfast buffet, and grains and muesli and, and muesli. Yeah. Yeah. I love all muesli. kinds of bread yeah. and oh. homemade jams and yogurt. So, Yogurt. You get ready oh. for the big day, and yes, you know, to, to get, so you get your body ready for the <laughs> and, and yeah. so at oh, breakfast man. we all get together yeah, and, and swap stories. It's a fun time to talk and plan the day and yeah. and, and prepare yeah. for what's ahead. And then we'll we'll typically take out uh, t take off from the hotel, yeah. and um, and we'll we'll be um, we may take a a, a a tram or or a gondola up to, to give us some give us a little elevation boost, take us up above the tree line, 
and then we will do some walking up, uh, go from one lake to another lake, or or go to a place where we have these spectacular views of the Alps, uh, mountain views you know, overlooking the Matterhorn or, or the north face of the Eiger. And um, we'll, we'll probably have a picnic lunch up there. We, we, we find that you work up an appetite when you're hiking. Right. And, yeah. uh, and hikers yeah. like great food. And most, most travelers are they're wanting to experience the local cuisine. So we, so we serve a lunch that contains a lot of local cuisine. It's going to be uh, crusty French bread and, and sausage and, and, uh, and enough you know, mustard and wonderful cheeses. We'll have some Emmentaler and Appenzeller cheese, a little bit mm. of Gruyere and, oh, man, and uh, good mountain really cheeses good. and, yeah. and uh, lots of fresh fruit. And we'll cut up some zucchini. And so we have a nice, nice picnic spread and, uh, and then some cookies or chocolate for dessert. And so we have a nice, nice picnic picnic lunch and then um, we'll we'll come down or or return to the village in, in the afternoon for for some relaxation or could be for shopping or other other cultural historic mm-hmm. uh, events or activities and then um, we return and have dinner dinner at the hotel or at a select restaurant um, many of our tours uh, offer a la carte dining so you go to a restaurant and you can have whatever you want on the menu and then um, return to our hotel and when I say hotel we we really avoid the the large <clears throat> the large hotels where a tour bus comes and disgorges right. 50 people and uh, we, we favor small hotels, chalet style, family owned, yes, nice, unique properties. More of a Swiss hotel, yeah, most of them. Yes, so Alps feel. Yeah. So so it reflects the local culture and, and tradition, yeah. which is yeah. which is wonderful. Yeah. And, and then um, after dinner, you'll climb into a under a nice eider down comforter mm. and fall fast asleep. Yeah, real quick. Yeah. You, you, you asked about Swiss hotel. You mentioned Swiss hotels. Yeah, the Swiss really invented the hotel industry as we know it. That's right. You know, as, as travelers were coming through the Alps, and as travelers were going from Italy to Austria, or from from France to Germany, they, they had they had to pass through the Alps, and, and the yeah. and and there were pilgrims and merchants and, and other like grand tours. Yeah, before even before the time of of pleasure travel, yeah. people were having to traverse the Alps, mm-hmm. and so the Swiss got got used to and got um, very proficient mm-hmm. at, at hosting these people. And so you have these hospices and, and hostels at, at places like the Simplon Pass and the Great St. Bernard Pass and, and some of those uh, alpine passes where, where travelers and, and caravans were coming through. So that, that's, the, that's kind of a tradition of the Swiss house. The hotel schools in, in Lausanne. Right. World famous. World famous. World famous. I mean, they, 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 if the, you the graduate from one of those schools, you can go be a right. general manager at a hotel anywhere in the world. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. those, that, that tradition of hospitality, Caesar Ritz, mm-hmm. you know, he, right. he, he was from a small town in, in, a, in a little Swiss valley. So, so that, that tradition of of fine hotels and hospitalities is just embedded in, in Swiss culture, and you'll find it throughout the Alps. Is there a minimum and maximum number of people you'll take on a tour? We, again, we like small group tours. We don't want to have 
50 people on the trail, and no, nobody else does either. Yeah. And so uh, our, our typical tour is 8 to 12 people. Wow. And, 8 to 12, and, nice. Yes, That's a good sign. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And so you can, and, and basically you're just traveling with friends. Yeah. And there's no better way to enjoy the Alps than be, be with friends and in the company of someone who knows and loves every, every little peak and yeah. valley of, of the Alps. Yeah. Is there a better time or a worse time to take one of your trips? Depends on what you're doing, what your interests are. Uh, if um, if you're hiking and in in high altitude, I would I would recommend late June, July, August, and into September. Uh, in fact, uh, many of the alpine passes that we cross on our most strenuous treks don't even open up until July first. Right, and, and, and so. And so July, August July, is, August is prime peak, time. Peak time. And then uh, you can avoid the crowds by coming in September after a lot of the, the summer traffic is gone. Yeah. But there's still wonderful weather. Yeah. And uh, actually so less less rain and, and uh, very favorable weather in September. September mm-hmm. is a good time. So, so yeah. that, that's, that's uh, ideal time for, for summer hiking. But if you're, if you're looking for a rail tour or a culinary tour, um, then... Then October and May, June are, are, are ideal too. And of course, if you're in for cross-country skiing or snowshoeing or, or, or mountain sports, then, then the, they have a wonderful ski season from yeah. December through April. Yeah. And year-round skiing right. at, at many destinations. Yeah. Do, 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 do you have a favorite spot, uh, Greg? That, uh, uh, I mean, I know it's a hard thing to say. It's a, a lot of great spots, but do, do you have a special place that you that you uh, really enjoy them, or that that you've had great experiences? Can I give right. you a, Can I give you a direction That's to right. go? <laughs> Certainly, yes. <That's> okay. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. I know that you spend about yeah. four months a year in Switzerland. You, you live I do. There, right? yeah. Where Where did you decide to stay, oh, yeah. or do you move around? Well, we we. Um, uh, I, d- during the summer, and when I'm with the tours, I'm often Do traveling right. along wherever right. the tour goes, yeah. and, and accompanying or guiding many of those tours. Yeah. But um, but the second I land in Zurich or Geneva, I just feel right at home. Uh, it, it's so easy. You get off the airplane, you walk downstairs, you board the train. I mean, it's, it's uh, traveling in Switzerland is is so fluid and, and easy. They have the best developed rail network of any country in the world. And so you can get anywhere within just a few hours. So, back to the question: Where? <laughs> what's my favorite yeah, place? Yeah. Um, I, I love Zermatt. I, Zermatt, I, right. I think uh, yeah. being, being there at the base of the Matterhorn, yeah. waking up every morning yeah, and that's seeing Switzerland, that, isn't it? It yeah, is. That's like that, you see the Matterhorn, and you've been to Switzerland. It is yeah. classic Swiss yeah. Alps. It is such an iconic peak, yeah. uh, and it's okay. a car. It's a car-free village, oh, and so everywhere you go, you're walking and. These wonderful old, old large timbered chalets and just very characteristic of, of uh, a Swiss mountain village. Uh, I love also the Jungfrau region mm-hmm. and the um, being beneath in a place like Grindelwald, mm-hmm. being beneath the north face of the Eiger, and uh, having having the, those Alps with the, the cows and the and the, the Alpine culture surrounding you. That's that's wonderful too. Uh, the thing about Switzerland is here you have a, a country about half the size of West Virginia, okay? <laughs> it's a, t- a tiny little That's country, right. 15,000 yeah. square miles. Jeez. 
and yet you have so much diversity. You have four, you have four national languages, right. Right. and four so different cultures. Oh, yeah, yeah. Di- different right. cultures. Yeah. You have region. you yeah. have an Italian, you have a, 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 a Swiss German, the other the French, and and then down here in in southeastern Switzerland, you have this Romance culture. Yeah. They speak Romance. It's a language as close to Latin as any language on earth really? and it's spoken I by actively spoken by about 40,000 people wow. so so it's wow. a, its own distinct culture its own distinct cuisine and and wonderful mountain scenery so so that there's so much diversity so when i have a day off where do i go in switzerland well i i just kind of pull up open a map and say where haven't i been right. and, and okay. i can go to some some new place for example this this summer, I went to a little village uh, called called Lenk, L-E-N-K, and, and it's it's in the Bernese Alps, oh, okay. and and it's um and and well, yeah, yeah it, it's on on kind of a, a route, a, a popular hiking route between Adelboden and Gestad, but um, it's not a well-known destination. But I, I was there and just just enthralled with the beauty of that area, mm. and you can. From from the little hotel or, or village of Link, you can you can walk a few blocks and board a, uh, a gondola that takes you up to the high out, and you're above tree line, and you can walk around to the lakes and and be in alpine yeah. farms where they're making cheese over an open fire, wow. and just just yeah. really absorb this wonderful alpine culture. That's awesome. That's I want to ask you another question. Um, because your name is Alpen Wild, mm-hmm. all right. Do you do anything other than Switzerland? Oh, by all means. Yeah, now, I should clarify that you know the Alps is this range of mountains that kind of arcs through Europe and, and goes through uh, France and Austria and, and Switzerland and, and and touches Germany and of course through Italy and 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 Austria into Slovenia, and, and so it. it it covers a lot of territory, but but for the most um, scenic, uh, the, the most dramatic scenery, the the, the highest peaks, uh, most of those are in Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Uh, the highest concentration of glaciers in Europe is is there in in, in Switzerland. So that uh, that's where we spend about about ninety percent of our time. But we have some wonderful uh, tours and uh, ex- experiences in places like the Dolomites in the Italian Alps. Or in the French Alps, Chamonix is a is a wonderful destination for for hiking, for skiing, for any kind of mountain sport. Uh, Tyrol in Austria uh, is, is is a beautiful area. So yeah. so yes, we we encompass the Alps, and that that's our our name and our our brand. But um, but Switzerland is our home. We've uh, I almost hate to mention this, but does the um, altitude sickness ever affect anybody? It it does uh, in a in a minor way. Uh, now, of course, if you're if you're a, a flatlander and living in Los Angeles or Florida or New York or someplace, then 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 anything above sea level is it's going to change how you perform. But where are you uh, for example, yeah, we're, 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 we're here at, we're here yeah. at forty five hundred feet. Uh, my, my house is right at five thousand feet, mm-hmm. so I have this yeah. built in acclimatization. To, to a certain level of altitude. Many of our many of our guests come from Colorado, and they, they live at eight or nine thousand yeah. feet. Yeah. And um, yeah. 
and so they, they, they have no problem at all. So if you're, if you're coming from, from sea level and then you're hiking in some place like, like Zermatt, which is 5,000 feet, um, you're going to feel a difference. You're going to be winded, um, and, and that, that's normal. That's natural. Right. But as far as symptoms, uh, symptoms of mountain sickness, uh, dizzying, dizzy, mm-hmm. being dizzy or nauseous, then that's uh, that's pretty rare. I have, yeah. we, we, maybe once a summer, out of hundreds of hundreds of guests, we may have one or two people that that uh, get a little nausea at 10,000, 11,000 feet, and uh, we'll just have them sit down, and, mm-hmm. or they'll they'll skip lunch, and then as soon as they come down, it disappears. Right. Yeah. So but it, yeah, it's perfectly normal. It, it's not yeah. it's not life threatening in any, in any way, but it's. Um, but it occasionally happens. That's great. What you, you mentioned the cheese and chocolate. I got pretty excited. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big foodie. I'm a huge foodie. Oh. If I travel, I gotta, I gotta have the local, real local cuisine and everything. But mm-hmm. uh, but the fondue and everything, I'm sure, and the, the chocolate. I mean, a lot of the chocolates made in, in Switzerland, right? And the cheese. I mean, everything. It is when, when you think about. Yeah. You, you don't you don't think of Switzerland as a as a food destination, the, the same right. way you might think of Italy or right. France, right. but but I'll tell you, it really is. Uh, think of the, the foods uh, that were invented in Switzerland, you know, fondue and yeah. muesli and, yeah. and, and chocolate. And chocolate, yeah. as we know, it was invented in Switzerland. Yeah. Right. And yeah. in fact, in, in 1819, the first chocolate bar was made, in, so we're oh. coming up on the 200th anniversary right. pretty soon. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Oh, and cool. and, and, and the, the wonderful yeah. cheeses from yeah. Switzerland, Gruyere and Appenzeller, and it's just it's great, yeah. great food, and, um, and and then some of the well, the world's largest food company, Nestle, is yeah. headquartered right. in Switzerland. Yeah. So yeah. so it has this tradition of yeah. of, of wonderful yeah. food and yeah. and um, and bountiful farms and and, yeah. and dairy production. So there, there's a yeah. lot to get excited about. And they're cream. In Switzerland. Oh, yeah, they're cream. They're cream oh, yeah. oh, yes. Yeah. And in fact, uh, organic. Well, when, we, when we stay there in, um, yeah. in Gruyere, there's a little, a little ancient medieval walled village of Gruyere. And, and you go there and at, at breakfast they, they serve what's called double cream. And it's just the, the, the cream they skim off and you eat it with a fork. I mean, with a, a spoon. It, it's that thick. <laughs> and, and and then you you, you slather it on on meringues and mm. put some put right. some jam on top. It's oh, like having oh, d- dessert oh. for breakfast. You know? oh, That's yeah. in this program is old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Let's <laughs> get on the plane right over here and go. Yeah. yeah. So so if you're yeah. a foodie, yeah. if, if you're a gourmet and, and, yeah. and, and love uh, yeah. love wonderful food and, and lots of it, then yeah. Switzerland's a great great destination. Great. So is you there? can work up an appetite. But you know, and in fact, I do that. I I. Go to. I'll spend all summer in, in the Alps, and um, be hiking every day, eight to ten and eight to ten miles a day, and I can't, I can't burn enough calories to <laughs> compensate for the right. for the wonderful food I eat, the, the ice cream and the cheese and the mm. chocolate, and, and the, the the pasta, and I, I come back putting on ten pounds. I know. <laughs> After trekking all, I know. all summer, I, yeah, how, yeah. how do I do that? That's I is there a minimum or maximum age? Not really. We have, we we have uh, people, well, starting with uh, with children. We have, we have families that come and what a great family vacation! 
and to come with your young kids and give them that kind of experience walking through the Alps. And, and we'll even have uh, parents that have a toddler in their backpack, really? in, their, in their little you know, baby that, carrier uh, on, on their back, uh, walking uh, along a mountain trail. So, so really there is no minimum age, and um, the maximum age is only defined by your, your state of mind, right? Really? So, so we have we have people. In fact, on our most strenuous trek, where we're hiking, ten to twelve miles a day and gaining three to four thousand mm -hmm. vertical feet, yeah. we have lots of people in their seventies. Really? And we had someone just a couple years ago, age seventy-six, and his That's wife, hmm. who uh, who uh, hiked from Mont Blanc to the Matterhorn oh, wow. every step, and uh, oh. they were leading the way. That's <laughs> great. That's great. Got it. Yeah, so, so in fact, we'd like to say adventure before dementia. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's our, our motto. So, you do it so when you're when you're healthy and active, yeah. right. get out and enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, as much as you can. Yeah. Well, I want to at least mention the real trips. Oh, yes. that's okay. what brought me to okay. your website. Okay, yeah. article yeah, that I read. What what is that about? Well, yeah. Switzerland has a, a phenomenal rail system, and they have many scenic trains. Uh, of course, you. Heard of the the Glacier Express, which which runs from San Moritz to Zermatt, and um, goes through. And I, I I don't have the number in front of me, but I think it goes through 91 tunnels and across 271 bridges, wow. and uh, a lot of it's done uh, on a cogwheel um, ascent, and they have helical tunnels where you where you enter. A tunnel and it, it makes a spiral and comes out yeah. and it gains elevation by by doing this spiral. So uh, really fascinating. And, and if you're a railroad yeah. buff, yeah. or if, or if you just like to sit back and, and watch the the beautiful scenery pass by, then uh, that that scenic house by rail tour is, is phenomenal. Uh, so you have these these scenic you have the, the Golden Pass line which goes from Lucerne to Montreux. You have the the William Tell Express that goes from Lucerne down to Lugano. So lots of uh, wonderful scenic railways. Um, in fact, probably the most famous is the uh, the Jungfraujoch, which, which goes from Interlaken, and there's a tunnel, most people don't realize this, there's a tunnel right through the Eiger, 11 kilometer long tunnel, and you tunnel through the Eiger and you come out at this railway station between the, the summit of the Eiger and the Jungfrau. And it's the highest railway station in Europe, and it's, and it's on a glacier, and you're overlooking the longest glacier in the Alps. And so if you uh, want to be just right in the midst of this mountain scenery, there, there are trains that take you right up there. You don't have to climb the Eiger to, to, awesome. uh, to, experience, to experience that kind of scenery. Yeah. While having cheese and chocolate. And <laughs> in fact, on that train, on the way down, they pass out chocolate. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah lint, lint chocolate. Oh, yeah, lint. Oh. Yeah, that's one of my favorite. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Well, it's been wonderful. Yeah, yeah we've been our pleasure. I think our listeners are going to be really excited to hear about all the great things in the Alps and the walking and hiking you do, the rail tours. And so it's been a pleasure meeting you. And yeah, yeah, we really enjoyed it. Yeah, do you want to share uh, to our guests uh, or our listeners about like your uh, website, your website? Well, the easiest way to connect with us is to go on on the, our website at alpenwild.com. A-L-P-E-N-W-I-L-D, alpenwild.com. And 
there you'll find all kinds of resources. You'll find everything from how to buy a Swiss watch to fondue recipes and, and distances and trail reviews and, and maps and uh, trekking poles. But uh, you can also then call us at uh, our office and talk with one of our certified Tripling specialists, and we'll get uh, all the assistance in the office you need for finding the job that you're looking for. Uh, but again, our number is 801 226 